I'm your host, David Cameo, and welcome to another episode of Better Squawk Saul, our coverage of Better Call Saul's sixth and final season. This episode, we're going to be not only giving you the full breakdown of Better Call Saul's 10th episode of its sixth and final season titled Nippy, but first, we're going to be giving you the live reaction we recorded on YouTube and, well, all streaming platforms, including Instagram, just after our watch of the episode on AMC. But before we continue, just remember, if you like what you're hearing, Head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Leave us five stars and an eggplant. It's all we need to know that you love us. But tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. Tell us what we could be doing better. Tell us what more you want from this podcast. But just remember to tell us after every episode. And without further ado, here is the live reaction to our watch of Nippy. <laughs> no, this is for the reaction video, so yes, you do. Uh, uh, hi, everybody. <laughs> hi, everybody. Um, I am Sharon D. Blazy Gardner, and I am here with Rachel Cosmo Vamo 9 and Bridget uh, <laughs> at Ain't My First Radio on Instagram and X Prophecy Girl on Twitter, and of course, Dave, who's on screen with us today. I forgot that Yay. I don't go on screen. Oh, well, yes. I'm here now. We see your face. Uh, no, die. no, get the um, hell out we, of here. <laughs> <laughs> we are here to talk about episode 610 of Better Call Saul. Dave! Oh, um, Come on, get back here. Dave! <laughs> Shenanigans! Don't make us get nippy with you. <laughs> Don't make me get nippy with it. <laughs> My guess on the title was it had something to do with the cold, and I was wrong there. Who was it that theorized it was a dog that bit somebody? <laughs> Oh, we nip, did talk about that, dog. didn't we? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. I th- I think I said uh-huh. that, but but I want I want to say you you weren't totally wrong about the cold. I mean, was there was pretty... a cold element in this episode. So <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I did say I figured they would be back in in Omaha, and that's that's where they were. Mm-hmm. But Carol Burnett is Jeff's mother. And I wanted her to be Kim's mother really, really bad. I was kind of convinced myself that's who it was. <laughs> so wrong. Um, Everybody was so wrong. <laughs> so I was watching this thing today with um, Bob Odenkirk and, and Ray, Ray Seahorn. It was from Vanity Fair. And they were reading fan theories. I guess they filmed it. Uh, it was something they filmed in between the, the hiatus. And um, one of the theories was that they if she was Kim's mom. And they were like, well, we all we can say is that she's the mother of somebody that you've met. And they're like, it's mm-hmm. nobody will get it. It's really hard to figure out. And I was like, oh, it's Kim. They're just messing with us. It's Kim's mom. <laughs> no, so I was fucking wrong. So yeah, that that was it. Was interesting. They turned out to be she turned out to be Jeff's mom. When we were all like, it's Kim's mom. She even sounds like her. Rachel and I were like, but she even sounds yeah. like Kim. I thought that was Kim. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought yeah. the same thing. I'm actually kind of pleased that it's not Kim, though, because I like I like the delaying of gratification, possibly because we don't know what's going to happen next. But I mean, I know, guys, you're looking at me with daggers, but I'm kind of like sometimes it's fun being wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this yeah. was a fun episode, too. Like mm. the, the tension and like even like the slow moments, like him constantly going to the guard's office and et cetera, et cetera. It, it was like it was like, OK, what's what's well, happening here? What's what's brewing? Whenever here? they've um, laid out one of 
Jimmy's Jimmy's cons or scams. They've always shown in depth what what the con entails. Like for instance, when he pulled the scam for Ace Verde when he switched the numbers. I mean, they spent a, an entire montage showing him cut out numbers and letters. <laughs> And paste them all back together in Xerox. I'm like, that was like a that was like an eight minute montage. So they've always taken great pains to show exactly what is it, the steps are. Uh, the only exception has been the last scam with Howard. That one they kept under wraps. Like they didn't really they showed us the steps, but they didn't. We didn't know what the end game was. I'm not surprised that they were really thorough with this. But I think this is the first episode we've ever had where the entire episode was this the scam. Mm-hmm. You know, the scam, the scam was the entire episode. Yeah, this is also only the second episode that that Ray Seahorn was has not been in, like ever. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Ooh. She so- wasn't in. Uh, she wasn't in one hundred five. One hundred six five zero. The episode about Mike, and okay. she wasn't in this one, but she's been in every other episode. Wow. You'd think that like she would show up in maybe one less or something like that, but it's interesting. But like it just goes to show how different or how, the transition that we're kind of going into with this episode because like, even the intro is different. Yeah, we right? freaked out a little bit over that. We freaked yeah, out a little, a little bit. bit over the intro. <laughs> like, it's as if you didn't need a reminder that like, oh yeah, that, that's over. Saul is, that's yeah. over. That that whole era, gone. It's Sorry. so sad. It's, it's heartbreaking a little because I loved Jimmy and I loved Kim and um, I'm, I'm still not over their breakup. Like, I've, it's depressed me all week. It's been really sad. <laughs> it hasn't gotten any better, really. <laughs> it no. seems. No. This didn't devastate state me nearly as bad as john dory but it's oh, still yeah. it's 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 got me fairly depressed at least at least hit them with them there's a little bit of hope you know with john with john there was no hope it was yeah, over like, oh done yeah yeah so at least there's hope for this in the future but yeah well what did you think about the there was a lot of like allegories to like football themes like even directing um what was the kids jeffy jeffy through the through the um through the department store like it it was Mm. all a play it was like a football Mm -hmm. play and then the recurring theme of three which is interesting like think about it two episodes ago there was a they played with 50 or was it two or was it the last episode i can't remember at this rate no it was two episodes ago where they played with 50 50 meaning five episodes left and now we have three episodes left oh. and three minutes appears oh. with the uh, Cinnabon eating and Ooh. three meaning pick up three things from don't no more than three. three. It's, it's kind of cool. They're little he assholes. Made, he made three trips. He made three trips into the department store to drop yes. off all the, the hall. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Very interesting. That was an interesting catch, Dave. And weren't there three? No, no. Well, it was the three of them: Jeffy, his friend, and, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, Gene. So that's that's interesting. Good thing, good things come in threes. Is that? Is Did that the- friend have a name? No, he doesn't. He doesn't deserve a name. So. No name. Yeah. No name. Friend. <laughs> Ricky, the truck driver. Yeah, Ricky. <laughs> Ricky. <laughs> oh, speaking of, I love that little touch of, and and he brought the flowers. He did bring flowers. Yeah. 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 What I love the most is is that you kind of see Gene come back to life, or Saul come back mm-hmm. to life in this episode at the end with the shirts and the ties. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you didn't see the color, you know you didn't need to see the color to know. It's a very loud. <laughs> but the shirt thing is, we tie. we don't see the color. We don't see the color, but the color is back in his life. Mm, yeah. Mm. I mean, he's got pep in yeah. his step. He's talking to his colleagues, yeah. and he was very look. He he pulled a page out of Mike's book there at the end. If he if he'd had chairs to sit those fuckers down, he would have told them to sit down and listen to what I have to say. Mm. But he was, you know, it was like. 
tell me i want i have to hear it i have to hear you say it wow we're done yeah we're done yeah good that is a good catch that is definitely a direct link for sure oh man jimmy has always kind of um well i mean he's always he's always learned from the people he's gone up against or had dealings with you know like he learned from chuck even if he didn't appreciate the lessons he learned from chuck he learned from howard even if you know he didn't really appreciate the lessons that he learned from howard so he learned something from mike and he put it into practice it's so funny when you think about it because when he stopped at my brother it was a long pause i mean i know he was trying to you know buy some time but like do you think there was a part of him that was of course he's using what he knows right just like you said but like you think there's a part of him that kind of just stopped for a hot second think about it it got real with himself for a sec uh no I mean, yeah i think he was he was describing his life like that's where his life is right now and i think it kind of it hit him kind of hard that that well as he was saying it he was rec- recognizing it as the fucking truth mm. yeah but i also say he was a little rusty <laughs> like when it came to covering his covering he was <laughs> Prime Jimmy McGill would not have have faltered and struggled as hard. So I, I yeah, I think he he's a little rusty, but he he managed to pull it off anyway. I know Rachel and Bridget were freaking out when we were watching it. They were both like, "Oh my god, I'm so nervous! I'm so nervous!" Oh, you guys were watching it over Zoom. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. I still can't get over the fact that at the beginning. <laughs> After Carol Burnett was introduced, it was like all of us were like, we were so what? convinced she was going to be Kim's mom. And we were I like, was too. Who the hell is this guy in Kim's house? Like- <laughs> her, yeah, obviously her brother that we didn't know about. That exists. I literally was like, did Kim have a brother? Did Kim have a brother? Yeah, maybe it's from like, another marriage. We don't so know. It, it didn't help that they recast the actor, so he doesn't look anything like the guy in right. in the last in the. In season five. Okay, that's interesting because I I thought he might have looked a little different, and you just oh, confirmed go look it. up a picture. He looks completely different. <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't even think it was the same character. I looked him up and I was like, oh god, it's like not even remotely similar, other than wearing a hideous sweater, it's like which only, I, I love. The only joiner. Those am- <laughs> amazing Bill Cosby sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to know if there's a link to to like look at the significance of like him. Is that the year he got indicted? No, I, I don't know. But <laughs> this took a turn, right? Um, Hard left there. Hmm. But yeah, I was super nervous during the the scam because because she had said get the maintenance guy in here to polish this floor. So the whole time I'm like, the maintenance guy is going to be there. Come. The maintenance guy is going to come in, and then the idiot slipped and fell instead. <laughs> it's just like and i said i was like he is not okay to be out that long he's gonna die in that crate because i like assumed he had to get back in the crate i i thought get so picked too up, but but that wasn't it at all yeah that wasn't it. Uh-oh. i've so never seen something more hilarious and and nerve-wracking <laughs> yeah <laughs> this the spot that he slipped and fell at was where the skid was though right like skid so work. yeah 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 it was extra well polished <laughs> right so clearly he came in and buffed already Right. I want to see myself in that in that spot. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what made that scene a little bit more nerve wracking, too, because I was thinking to myself, like, is he also kind of freaking out? Because maybe he just, again, killed someone <laughs> like 
Because <laughs> we just saw that in our, you know, couple mm. couple episodes ago, right? You remember that. <laughs> and so that's kind of oh, like why I was shitting bricks. I, I was legit thinking that Jim O'Hare's character was going to die because he kept giving him Cinnabons. <laughs> and it was going to be like the unintended consequences of his actions was he was going to give Frank the security guard a heart attack. Like, oh, no. was that his goal or something? And so I was like, oh my god, he's going to kill Jim O'Hare the whole time. I've never been more impressed with the yeah. sound on this show. I'm just going to say that out loud. From, right, Jim O'Hare's character, which, I, I, did we even get his name? I, I don't remember. Frank. 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 Okay, Frank. From his eating sounds and the knife Ugh. and the clanging oh. and the stuff. And then, but also, like, oh. every now and again, you hear so gross. Jimmy kind of do that nose breath and that kind of the exhale and then kind of the groan as he's walking, like, like he's, you know, like he's, he's, there's, <laughs> He's just everything's weighing him down, sort of still until the final end, where you don't hear any of that. It's more like a hmm, like a hmm, instead of a <laughs> right. Ew. It was so cool though because it lent it lent weight to the scene, you know, like it lent weight yeah. to the character so, until the end, where it was like levity. It was like ah, the world. I can see all the colors, right, Charity? That's great. Mm-hmm. It's great. His coworkers are not going to think God that Gene is see okay. The colors. Like eating so many Cinnabons. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That guy takes two home every single day. <laughs> and, and yet he looks great. <laughs> I want to know what he's doing. It's the Cinnabon diet. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, diet. <sighs> anyway. Oh. I mean, overall, I, I thought it was a it was a good episode. It was a nice, definitive break between the Better Call Saul era and what's going to come. Because I mean, obviously, we're not going to stay in the Gene timeline. We're going to have to go back to the Better Call Saul era for something. I mean, I, I can't. You see mean the Breaking the Bad, timeline. right? Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, the Breaking Bad yeah, timeline. Okay. Yeah, be- um, and the, and he referenced Walton Jesse essentially in this episode. Yes, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Kind of dovetail that, which was fun. <laughs> that was fun. Wait, um, did I miss I, that? I no what way. What did he say? He said, he said, when he said the 50-year-old school teacher. <laughs> oh, chemistry thank teacher. you. Yeah. Okay. Chemistry yeah, yeah, teacher. Okay. Yeah. Was yeah. broke, okay. couldn't pay got his it, mortgage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Well, in yeah, case somebody yeah. else missed it, you know, might as well take it as an opportunity. I'm not the only dummy out here. <laughs> we all, but at least I'll survive. <laughs> we all miss something. We all miss something. I, I kind of like the music in this episode, too, which is why mm-hmm. I chose the music that we use in this reaction videos. It's kind of like got a, you know, little jazzy muzak uh, bossa nova e kind of sound and so i kind of, and it was in this episode and so that's why i chose that for the reaction videos because i kind of like the gene takovic score a bit it's mm. a bit mellowed out it's a bit more mellow and calm and you know which is not what gene wa- what jimmy wants i'm like gene jimmy Saul. uh yeah it's not it's not what jimmy wants but it's you know it's better than the tension all the time and and the music from uh what was it uh point and shoot I see it haunts my dreams right you don't want that you don't want that you don't want that Jimmy right and yet he's walking into it in this episode a little bit he's flirting with it the montage was really good too oh describe it minus minus the chewing and the smacking and the yeah oh oh, oh, the 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 montage of the editing yeah I got it got it got it yeah just a little visual parallel when he snipped her uh, cable at the beginning and it was very similar to when they were snipping the tags 
in the theft scene when he would <laughs> went up and snip the tags. That's a, good, that's a good catch. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was thinking, okay, so they did an interesting flash at the beginning of the montage, I think it was, where he had written or it scratched in SG was here, right? SG was here. Mm-hmm. So that's not for nothing because throughout this, th- well, throughout any of the Gene Takovic scenes, he's looking at videos of himself. He r- scribbles JG was, uh, SG was here. Uh, and then even at the end of this episode, the, the shirt and tie thing, right? He's like flirting. He's like, hmm, could I? Hmm. Maybe. Oh, it looks good. Hmm, I guess not. I think he doesn't he's, look good. I, it, we've always said that. <laughs> <laughs> looks good on him. It, we've always said that uh, uh, Jimmy McGill, all he wanted, ever wanted was acceptance. And then I said something to the effect last episode. I kind of threw it as a throwaway line of if he can't get it from anybody that he knows of now, he'll, he's just going to accept himself. And then in Breaking Bad, he's forced to lose himself right so now he says gene tack of like i just want to know that i existed now i mean all this talk of ghosts sg uh, sg was here trying you know flirting with the shirt and then putting it down and and even the whole scam itself like as a means to get the kid off his back jeffy is just him thinking was i even here did did i exist you know what you know i want it's, it's like going back to legacies you know, sometimes you just want to know that you made a mark on this world and so i i keep seeing that in, in i i've never seen that more in this episode and I, and that's something oh, that yeah. everybody has in their lives too. Sometimes we, I, I feel that way. Like, did did is everything I've done up to this point made a difference? You know, um, Jimmy is who Jimmy is. He's always been a scammer. It's always been it's slipping. It's Jimmy. like Howard said. It's like Howard said. You were you were born that way, and, and Chuck knew it. So he was never going to stay repressed as as Gene. I mean, it was just never going to last. It's, he just couldn't do it. Why? Maybe I mean, maybe he feels like death would be preferable to. Having to live this boring, nothing, nobody existence with no color in his life at all. And with nobody, with no friends, no family, no wife, no parents, no brother. So I feel like he he's at a point where he's... he's he has to come out. He can't. He can't stay there, and he can't stay in that. In that anymore. It's all in the house. And it's 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 also kind of like Gus. How Gus couldn't stand to be looking over his shoulder, being afraid of Lalo anymore. So he took things into his own hands. Well, that is exactly what Jimmy is doing. Mm. He can't stand to be Gene Takovic anymore and look over his shoulder and be afraid constantly. So he's just going to take it into his own hands and do something about it. So if we jump back to the Breaking Bad timeline in the next episode, when do you think we'll see Gene again? Not till the end, or do you think they'll sprinkle him in along the way? I have no idea. I would. I mean, I I wouldn't even venture a guess with this show. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like we're gonna see a lot of Gene Takovic, and maybe. Well, we've l- got three episodes left, and I feel like we've covered the Breaking Bad era in Breaking Bad. You know, so mm-hmm. like there has to be something to link it. There has to be a reason. The tag on the license plate says 2005, but Tom. Schnauz said that they are somewhere in 2007. Could be, yeah, because inspection times. Some cars don't need to be inspected for two years, so. Mm. Well, I mean, that's coming from the executive producer, so I tend to take his word for it. Nah. Um, so the same one who said in... that there was no cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> See? No. He, said, he said it wasn't supposed to be a cliffhanger. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. More like a... Throw somebody off the cliff. Hey, Mitchell, Gene, black and white, and Carol Burnett. It made the perfect episode. He says, mm-hmm. "Yep, I I'm love." Still just disappointed. Carol Burnett wasn't Kim's mom. I'm sorry. Or, or Jimmy, <laughs> or Saul Goodman's prostitute, <laughs> or, or the judge. A lot of people were, uh, a lot of people were theorizing that she was going to be Judge Papadumian, right? Mm. Um, Instead, because she's Jimmy's yeah. new wife. 
Jimmy is <laughs> wife oh, number Jeffy's four. Daddy. <laughs> Mary, Mary you don't have to Kaepernick. call me dad yet. <laughs> I love that line. That's so good. Right. Marion Takovic has a nice ring to it. <laughs> yeah. Carol Burnett looks. I can't, she looks so great. I mean, I've I've grown up with this woman. I mean, you have. Yeah, we all have. I mean, I keep forgetting that we're all mm-hmm. just around the same age. Yeah. Pretty close. <laughs> Mitchell said Jean has a sugar mommy now. <laughs> 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 bravo, nice. Mitchell, bravo. And both, yes. I love it that they're both these comedic actors too. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, it's just it's just fantastic. I, I bet Bob Odenkirk is like starstruck too. I, I would be. I wonder if they've ever worked oh, together before. I, they, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, we're gonna have to look that up now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> save save it though. Don't, oh yeah. Don't waste it here. This is the non notes session. <laughs> oh yeah. We're, we still have to talk more about this episode in a couple of days. Yeah. Or uh, uh, hopefully tomorrow. Right. Uh, tomorrow? Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> or else these episodes will never release. Uh, yeah. I don't know what else there is to talk about. But yeah. Got anything else in the tank? Nope. Those are initial no. thoughts. Not if we've anyway. got to talk tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> okay, bye. I'm going to watch this again. Mitchell, you got anything else to add? I have to work tomorrow. I have to watch it again in the morning. (laughs) This is an interactive session. Speak your mind. No, no. I I think we, yeah. I think we all kind of share the same initial reactions. Yeah. I just just want to say um, how sad I am that there's only three episodes left. Excited, but sad at the same time. Yeah. I I made my peace with the last episode. I literally transitioned from being upset to being like, oh, yeah. It's four episodes to talk about Gene Takovic I'm, now. Yeah, you know. I'm I'm ups- I was very upset in the last episode, and I'm not over it. But I'm not unhappy with the direction the show is going. If that makes sense, like I'm not unhappy with the show, but I'm still just absolutely devastated and heartbroken from the breakup. That makes sense. Like, yeah, very very depressed. <laughs> what about you two? I'm just curious about you two. You haven't said too much about where you're at mentally. I'm really excited to see all the connections that they're that they're still going to make, and they're just so so fucking creative it's just going to be awesome and i i can't even come up with a, a theory that i think might happen or how they might do it but i just i'm so excited to see what they do yeah what about you bridget yeah i'm feeling pretty impatient to like figure out what exactly is the end game for this <laughs> oh. that, that's kind of i don't know it's like like i'm like oh this is sad that it's ending. just get over with i want to know <laughs> no so, slow, so i have that, that feeling but i also am i also am like not in a great headspace for it right now i'm like after saturday my brain is just like done right it's like mm. it was so many announcements and like so many things oh, were friday, happening man. and then like, like what happened saturday oh sorry friday and then saturday there was <laughs> yeah. more stuff with marvel and everything else it's uh, just like there's mm. been all this stuff coming out and i'm just like i can barely catch up work. oh you know we should basically say it now um for those of you who don't know we released the sdcc live stream uh to audio podcast so that was trimmed down to three hours and 30 minutes instead of four hours and i still have to deal with some copyright claim stuff on the because of that do you know what it was it was that video with the music from the christmas music remember that at the end near the end really that's what that was the big one (laughs) but it it did ding me on the trailer which i can claim is a reaction video which is fair use so but i should have trimmed out i should have just trimmed out that whole two minute nothing dumb video that we who cares it was a dumb thing i trimmed it out of the audio podcast who cares so and it was an edit of a regular video (laughs) yeah yeah well let me read some comments here mitchell shoemaker says episode 11 is supposed to be on until 10 uh 10 10 19 eastern standard time but it doesn't have a confirmed title yet which is interesting because the teaser to that is like a truck 
at a crossroads, you know, and Jimmy saying, you know, if you're going to go, mm-hmm. go or something, something to that effect. The introverse mm-hmm. says, I need Kim. You need Kim. We need Kim. Where's Kim? <laughs> In response Where's to all Kim? our feelings. I agree with you. Yes. I agree with you. Yes. Yeah. I'm starting to get mm-hmm. that feeling that you had, Sharon, about like, uh, will we see Kim? And I, I don't like it. They're just going to leave us hanging. <sighs> I don't like it. No way. No way. I can't believe it. I, I refuse right, to believe too. that. Right. Me too. Like every five row of beings like, oh, we'll see her again. Right. Put a bandaid on it. We have. To. They have. They have to reunite. I'm sorry. It has to happen. Yeah. You know what they're gonna do. Gotta. So they're gonna do something. Even if they do, it'll be something horrible. Like they'll, like we talked about earlier, they'll get together and then like they'll fucking kill Saul or something. <laughs> like it'll just oh, be this God. horrible. Like you, we give you what you wanted, aren't you? How are you happy now? Here yeah. you go. You deserve nothing, and you like you what happy? you get. Kim's yeah. the prosecutor, and she's prosecuting Saul. That's what I said <laughs> in the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> or she said she oh, became man, a Jean judge. Oh man, she gets busted to another scam. Oh, oh man, yeah. Maybe she's Pop- Papa Dinkus or whatever what was the name. Papa Doomian. <laughs> Papa Doomian. <laughs> you Papa Doomian. <laughs> you Papa Dinkus. Whatever. <laughs> 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 you, you made the funny. Like Who can it. laugh? On that, um, on that, th- on the fan theory thing that Bob and Ray did, they were like nobody at the end. They were like nobody has has guessed it. They're like some people have come close to the end, the guessing the end, but nobody's quite gotten it. Good. And I was like, man, just just don't do what fucking Game of Thrones did and be like, this is the only theory the fans didn't come up with, so this is what we're gonna go with. Like, <laughs> that would be great, actually. Like they filmed like nineteen different endings, and they're like, nope, 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 maybe, maybe, nope, like, nope. Watching nope. all of our videos, like taking notes. Nope, can't use that one. I'm like, damn it, now we can't use that one. Maybe if we use that one with that one. <laughs> Fuck oh, you. Yeah, don't schnoz. don't fuck this Ugh. up. Don't fuck this up. I have I have faith in them though because yeah. the end of Breaking Bad was a winner. Like they nailed yeah. the end of Breaking Bad. So I have I have great faith in this writing and production and acting team that they're gonna pull it off. It's not gonna be something terrible. Here's hoping Gene doesn't have the same ending. <laughs> <laughs> Like Gene's buried under the super lab too. Just kidding. Where's Kim? She's buried under the super lab. Uh, he'll just do it himself. He'll just lay down in in a hole and just bury himself. <laughs> Poetic. <laughs> anyway, shall we call this one? Uh, yes, let's do it. I got to get up in the morning, so let's who, get out of here. Who, who does the outro? I don't even remember. Is it me? I don't remember. You do. Okay. Miss you. You do, so you can list all the things. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay, all list right. all the things. All the stuff and things. Well, folks, if you all like what you heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Five stars and an eggplant is all we need to know that you love us, but... Tell us what you liked, tell us what you didn't like, but tell us after every episode. And if you like what we're doing even harder, head over to ko-fi.com, create a free account, and follow us at ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead. You don't have to buy us a coffee for 30 days of supporter back content. You don't have to join a membership tier. All you have to do is follow. You'll know when we record. You'll know when we drop our unedited episode recordings. And any cool things coming down the pipeline, because we don't post this stuff on social media. I've been your host, David Cameo, and I was joined by Sharon D.A.K. Blazy Gardner, Cosmo Mom 9 Rachel Bird, and Survivors to your member, Bridget. KO-FI.com slash P-O-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. That's Punky Brewster. Check out her posts lately. She's been coming out with some pretty cool things. So, uh, and other than that, uh, we've got so much content coming your way. Won't you stay? <laughs> 
And if he joins, it's the perfect. It's the perfect way to end the perfect day. Exactly. (laughs) Well, the perfect day is an allegory for a moment in time. It's not not a literal perfect day. It was good while it lasted, right? It was a a day. Anyway, if you follow us on ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead, you'll know when we record the full breakdown of this episode where we actually take notes, do the research and all that stuff. This was a off-the-cuff live stream reaction, just post-watching it for you to enjoy. It's a little reminder, but I think we have to do that at the top so that people like don't go what these guys are dumb what they forget (laughs) they forget things where's where's the after dark where's the where's the beef right anyway so we're squawking dumb (laughs) dummy dumbing yeah better call dumb dumb dumbs (laughs) exactly the walking dumb dumbs that's our show (laughs) but we live but we yes that's right yes the dummies survive ignorance is bliss (laughs) better call dumb dumb (laughs) (laughs) and then we just all we do is we just don't say anything well, we'd probably do better than when we actually talk, so. <laughs> All right, everybody. Take care, everybody. We'll see you very soon. Keep uh, keep keep your dials dialed in, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Now that you listen to our unvarnished thoughts and reactions to this episode, no notes off the top of the dome, take a listen to our full episode breakdown. But before we continue, head over to ko-fi.com, create a free account, and follow us at ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead. You don't have to buy us a coffee or join a membership tier. Just follow us there so that you know when we record so that you can participate in how this episode shapes out, as well as head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Leave us five stars and eggplants all we need to know that you love us. But please consider telling us what you liked, what you didn't like. But tell us after every episode. And without further ado, here is the full episode breakdown of Nippy, episode 10 of the sixth and final season of Better Call Saul. Take it away, ladies. It's showtime! Dumber Dumber after after dark. dark. (laughs) That should have been our intro. (laughs) Oh my god, stop. I'm so embarrassed for you right now. Hi everybody, I am Sharon D. Blazy Gardner, and I'm here with Rachel Cosmo Mamo Nine and Bridget, my first video on Instagram and X Prophecy Girl on Twitter, and David Cameo, working in the shadows as always. And we are here to discuss in depth the uh, tenth episode of the sixth season of Better Call Saul. Last night we recorded directly after the show finished airing with our initial thoughts. So go back and watch that because we may not hit on some of that stuff that uh, again today. We had some pretty good insights last night, too, I think, considering mm-hmm. it was right after the show had finished. I agree. So this episode was was very different in a lot of ways. Um, first and foremost, it was an entirely black and white episode uh, shot in the Gene timeline. After last week's ending in the Saul, in the Saul Goodman Breaking Bad era, I think everybody kind of expected this episode to go that way. But I also think this episode was kind of a breather in between the super heavy shit we just went through in the last few episodes and the heavy shit is probably about to come down in the next three. Oh no. Oh gosh. Um, this episode was really um, kind of dark, but it was also just really darkly funny. Like it was just a really funny episode overall. We opened with Carol Burnett, which everybody knew she was going to be on, on this episode. Nobody knew who she was going to be. <laughs> I was dead set that she was Kim's mom when we were watching it. And it turned out she wasn't, we were all very disappointed. <laughs> Peter Gold had said that her character was named Marion and that she was really 
related to somebody that we had met before already. So nobody, I'm sure, thought it was Jeff, the cab driver. Right, which you mentioned last night. I found out the reason why he was recast, though. Uh, the, the actor oh. was originally Don Harvey, and he was recast because he had obligations to We Own This City on HBO. So they replaced yeah, he him was, with... he was under contract, yeah. yeah. Oh. The guy they replaced him with, Pat Healy. I, I watched the in, Insider podcast today, and cool. he had previously auditioned. They When they realized they had... Recast the recast the part of Jeff. They pulled up all their old auditions for everybody that had auditioned for him. He also auditioned for Breaking Bad a couple of times, and he had read for the part of Jeff before and hadn't gotten it. So they went back to the old auditions and they found him and they they brought him on. Aw, oh. it's like his dream come true. I love that. Aww. Yeah, that's so sweet. That's great. Our opening sequence is Carol Burnett in a grocery store, and we can already tell just from the first few minutes that she's rather headstrong and independent. She goes up to the counter and she tells the guy she wants some pastrami, but a pound and a quarter this time, not a pound and a half like last time. <laughs> hey, big concern, uh, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> what a if you look at deli monster. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me extra meat. <laughs> How dare you be nice just, to me? I just love the statement about the cheese. <laughs> Oh, well, you can keep it, Wisconsin. Keep it. <laughs> so the cheese is Schnoz Farms cheese <laughs> after Tom Schnoz. I love the, that. Genius. So she leaves the grocery store and she's on her way home in her little scooter. And apparently Jean has spread snow across where she would normally go. And so she gets stuck. He is picking up pictures of his dog, Nippy, where we get the title. Of course, we know he doesn't have a dog. At least, at least I was like, wait a minute, he doesn't have a dog? What's going on here? <laughs> then I thought demo. maybe Gene had a dog. I was like, maybe Gene has a dog. Right, He's right. Like a I long, thought that too. Like, lonely He's bastard. lonely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it makes sense, too. Like, why wouldn't he have a dog if he can't really contact anybody or make friends with anybody? So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's actually kind of telling, considering this episode. Yes, yes. Marion must be a dog person because the person they have another dog in the show too that's hanging out with them when they're running the the mall oh scam when he's running it out in the field they have a, a dog with them um mm-hmm. they never really explain why he was there but the phone number on the sign uh, i called it no way <laughs> it is the assistance league of omaha which is a like a thrift, like a goodwill type thrift store ah. um so you know back in, in seasons one and two the numbers that you saw on billboards and on Saul's business card, those were real numbers. You could call those numbers and you Saul's answering machine. Because um, <laughs> I did I it several times. Different numbers they put up. Right. So that was why I, I called this number just to see. So, you, I mean, you know, they had to okay using this number with the assistance league of Omaha. I'm sure you can't just pick a random fucking phone number and stick it up on a TV show. So apparently Sharon D did misdial the number, which is four zero two three four two nine two eight eight. She actually dialed four two eight eight. So I just tried dialing the number and I get a busy signal. But after reading an article from Screen Rant and another post on Reddit, if you keep trying you will get Gene Takovic's answering machine essentially saying something to the effect of thank you for calling 
calling very polite and you must have been inquiring about my dog Nippy and going on and on about Nippy and how much he misses him, etc. So kind of cool. It's one of the last of many numbers that the show's sprinkled across the show uh, that you can actually call and listen to the answering machines of various establishments. Uh, what did you guys think of the opening sequence with Carol Burnett? I think we all kind of said the same thing, like before they before we saw that it was Carol Burnett and she's like reaching for the can thing or whatever. Like, I think we all said it. It kind of sounded even like Kim, like the way she would talk. Kim is an old so, lady. Right. Well, yeah. And I'm well, like, holy had, shit, how far in the future did we go? We had <laughs> talked about that when they did the flashback to Kim's childhood, how, you know, the actress had kind of taken on the same pattern of speech. Uh, right. That Ray Seahorn uses. And so when you're listening and you can't see who it is, you're like, is that going to be Kim's mom? But I guess it's just Mm -hmm. more working that specific dialect to, you know, act like you're from that area. So it's throwing in that Midwestern ish kind of thing. We talked about this last night. She looks great. One, like impressively great. For 89 years old. I I had to look that one up. And then I did. I know she looks phenomenal. And then I did crack a joke that it was just going to segue into an episode of Mama's Family, which I think (laughs) I think secretly is what I wanted to actually happen. (laughs) Like suddenly it's Bob Odenkirk and he's on a variety show. And like, you know, it's like there's a Mama's Family skit. I don't know. That's what I was hoping for. Carol Burnett show. I... Love that we finally got the reason as to why the episode was called Nippy. We didn't have to wait very long, so that was nice. Because it was like, oh, it's cold. Is that it? And I don't know. There's something just endearing and gross simultaneously about a grown man being called Jeffy. Which I just (laughs) can't quite cope with. Why gross? I want to explore that a little bit. (laughs) He's a grown man. Like a full-grown, like, 40-something-year-old man, and his name is Jeffy. Well, it's his mom. Like his mom can't. calls him. Yeah, his That's mom his calls mom him calls that. Can't. My mom calls me Davey. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, is my mom gross? Aww. Huh? You want, you want to fight? <laughs> no, your mom is not gross. I would never it say that It was only weird. It only got weird weird. when Saul called him Jeffy. Yeah. Then I was like, that's weird. But that's why, that's why during the watch, I was like, I was like, is Saul going to become Jeffy's dad? Like, I was so grossed out by what was happening. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That made me think of something earlier when Rachel and I were just rewatching a little while ago before we came on. And she called him Jeffy. And something he said when they were doing the mall run through outside. And he was like, I just wanted to know about logistics and stuff, man. And I was like, Rachel, does he not give you Jesse Pinkman vibes? Oh. Hmm. Yeah. So Jeffy and Jesse. Mm. I, I think that's what they were trying to do there. Mm. I like that. Yeah. So this was kind of like an amalgam episode, because you mentioned in the reaction video that Gene at the end took on characteristics, characteristics of Mike. And here is Gene Takovic outside showing Jeffy Pinkman what the plan is and to follow the plan. <laughs> Jeffy That's <Pinkman>. pretty f- <laughs> freaking wild. It would be like Jeffy <laughs> Blumen or something. Or, <laughs> I don't know. It'd be like... <laughs> Blu- <laughs> 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 uh, that's genius. Blumen. <laughs> 
sorry. It's so stupid. <laughs> Why is it so funny? Marion Boyd. So it's so dumb. Because oh it's after God. dark, guys. So. But, you, but you live. Dumber, Dumber after, after dark. dark. <laughs> wow. That should have been our intro. Like that's, I was going to say that. <laughs> it might just be. <laughs> if I remember. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I did want to mention one thing. She mentions I'm over here on Clementine and something that you said, Sharon D, about colors on the show. Because first of all, it's a black and white episode. And yet the word Clementine is evoked. Clementine is orange. Orange means danger. There you go. Unlawfulness. There you go. It also, in color psychology, often references something cheap or affordable. (laughs) I'm just saying. like Jeffy Blumen. So, like, think of any, like, very affordable brand. Normally, orange is somewhere in their logo. If you think about, like, Burger King. I see. Um, tell that to like, Home Depot. You know? like, that's, like, consumer psychology is what and you're yeah, saying. Yeah, it's, like, a consumer yeah. psychology thing. Like, like from an interior, makes you like an interior design version of color psychology. Right. Right. But what I find interesting about that is that often it's considered, like, kind of a classless color. And that is very much the vibe that I got from this dude, Jeffy. <laughs> like, it's, it's kind of that like lowbrow, like wants to be a big dog, but doesn't even remotely know how to act. You're just <laughs> looking from the outside. You got your face pressed up against the glass. And so he's talking about how like you're you want to be a big a big dog. You want to be this big guy who's got who's got it all. <laughs> but he's not even going to know how to act when he has it. He's just not at that level. It's just Jeffy. It's just Jeffy because (laughs) then him and his schmo friend get the stuff and they're like, oh, check Bonjourno, ladies. And I was like, ew, (laughs) one, gross. What a horrible accent you use. Two, (laughs) two, why is that your go-to line, dude? Bonjourno, ladies. That's how you're going to, that's how you're going to go. This is what this is your choice. Well, it's Armani, words. so it's Italian. You're you saying to, that wouldn't work yeah. on you? No. Does that work on anyone? Is some like super white guy from Nebraska going Bonjourno, ladies? Does that work on anyone? I mean, quick lay. But... <laughs> <laughs> Dave's like, hell yeah. Yeah, if you're jonesing for it, and he's like, oh, hey, yeah, he looks like guy. he's into it. I'm into it, I guess. I mean, Jimmy convinced these chicks that he was Kevin Costner, so. Maybe this dude can convince that he's Al Pacino. Uh, Man, I don't even... Kevin yeah, Costner or not, his, his voice was clutch this episode, so... Al Pacino! That's... I think maybe he could... the Godfather. He could maybe convince... The Godfather! He could maybe convince someone he's Ronnie Cunningham. Like, that would be, like, no the only shit. thing I would find no believable. No shit. <laughs> Hi, I'm James Caan. That's, <laughs> that's a throwback for all you babies out there. James... James Con, like C O N. Con. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> James Con. <laughs> yuck, 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 yuck. We have fun in this podcast. <laughs> While we're talking about Jeffy, the guy that plays him, Sam Healy, I said in the Insider podcast that he almost passed out after filming the. Um... <laughs> the running? <laughs> The running scene so because he had to running. run for like 10 hours. Oh <laughs> he had to run no. for like 10 hours straight. 
Oh, it's hysterical. In the in the snow. And, and it's like couple that with the fact that Albuquerque is very has a very high elevation. They're like higher up than a mile. It's a very elevated city. And if you're not used to it, your lungs are not used to the lack of oxygen. <laughs> it can be very hard on you. So he was running out there for in the snow for ten hours <laughs> at a high elevation. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a good factoid, though. So this was all filmed in Albuquerque still? Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. I was asking Rachel, I was like, I wonder how they made all the snow in I, That's what I was thinking. But, you know, it's, it's filmed in Albuquerque. The Cottonwood Mall is in Albuquerque. Wow. Good to know. Yeah. Oh, wait, on the subject of colors, I just wanted to mention that they were drinking peach schnapps on the kitchen table, and we we're talking about clementines. Oh. And, oh. Yeah. I couldn't see what kind it was. I so, couldn't tell either. So Marion is a mix of pink and orange. I guess like Marion and Jeffy. Yeah, maybe. I, I think it's also good to mention what Marion says about bad people following him or sorry. I, this is my assumption. Bad people following him to, to Omaha, <laughs> let's say. But uh, but he was running away from something, some bad people. And so I thought maybe he fell that, in with a bad crowd. So I thought maybe that would be the the thing that kind of turns this thing over to the darks at the, the Clementine. <laughs> I wonder if this is going to be the seeing them but i can't see them bringing carol burnett in just for that little bit i've got it you guys i solved it (laughs) jeffy is jesse pinkman after life-altering plastic surgery oh this is after he comes Mm. back from alaska (laughs) right yes okay right which also dovetails and i can't believe i didn't (laughs) mention this in my react in the the reaction to this episode because for the hottest second because when you get something in your head, you kind of expect it. Like you were talking about with Marion being Kim's mom. So for that whole duration, I'm, I still went with the assumption that that's Kim's mom. So when we see Jeffy and Jeffy was recast, like the actor was recast. I was like, damn, Kim, you're going to do you're going to do Jimmy dirty like that and marrying Jeffy, the taxi cab driver. <laughs> so I'm like, I actually like had this reaction. I'm like, no, Kim, no. No, not Jeffy. Not Jeffy. And then until it was explained and you saw his face when he saw Gene, I was like, okay, all right, fine, fine. But it's it's that dumb thought that you you have, like life of mediocrity, Kim. Oh, come on. He could still be okay, right? <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Instead of slapping a band-aid on him, you're just gonna slap an Armani suit on that bitch. <laughs> Buongiorno, ladies. <laughs> Buongiorno, Kimmy. <laughs> oh, that's well, we got, got our wish. We got that's our wish. Jesse and Kim. <laughs> Except it's Jeffy and, and Kim. It's the orange <laughs> version. Jeff Jeffy Orangeman. Oh no Orange no. <laughs> Precious Jeffy baby. Okay. Carol Burnett was the person that they wrote that role for, pretty much. They knew they needed Jeff's mother, and the first person they thought of was Carol Burnett. And she is a big fan of the show and a big Mm. fan of Kim Wexler. And so she said yes immediately. Awesome. Ray Seahorn was on um, Seth Meyers last night. And she was talking about how they went out to dinner, and Carol Burnett was like picking her brain about Kim because she's a big (laughs) Kim fan. That's awesome. The next big change we get is in the title sequence. Instead of the usual playthrough, it stops and goes to a blue screen with Better Call Saul and Better Call Saul on it. It's like your uh, your VHS tape ran out there. <laughs> <laughs> or it was just starting. And it was like right after that should be an it, F- it FBI record. warning. It said record. Your TV is currently tracking. <laughs> <laughs> 
damn it. That is so dated. Oh, man. Jeff is coming home with his Albuquerque isotopes air freshener hanging in the rear view of his cab. And he comes home to find Gene schmoozing his mom, drinking the peach schnapps. After some uncomfortableness, he goes outside with Jeff and he basically is like, if you wanted to turn me in, you would have done it already. You want to be one of the cool kids, basically. You want to be in on this. You want to be in the game. Which, I thought about this today. Last week's episode was fun in games, right? And of course, the fun came from Kim. We were having too much fun. What about the game part? And then it hit me. The game. They were in the game. It was fun in the game. And then fun in games. That's interesting. To dovetail off that a little bit, I was thinking back to Hank Schrader's wife, of whom I can't remember, who had the color purple everywhere. Uh, Marie. She had this attitude of like either thinking that she was the shit or like wanting to be the shit. And I felt like maybe all the characters that weren't in the game had this kind of like attitude, almost like this entitled attitude. Like, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm something. Everybody wants to be something. But when Jeffy hears Gene make the pitch, it's almost as if like... All he needed was somebody to give him permission, and then he could be the thing that he wanted to be. Somebody that was in the game, giving him permission. Somebody to get his foot in the door. Right. To show him how to, how to, get about, how to go about doing it. But it, it just goes to show that, like, looking at Jimmy McGill as Jimmy McGill, like, he was always kind of running the game, you know? He was always trying to get in the game. He never stopped. And he says it in the episode, he says, risk it all. And he was always trying to do that. And he did it. And I felt like... That could be any one of us. To go even further than that, in this episode, Saul is so close to being back in the game, or Jimmy, or (laughs) Gene, and he's so close he can touch it, but he pulls back, because he knows, because Eladio says it in the last episode, in reference to hate. Well, it is okay, but too much, you know? And I thought that was a good kind of reference point. Like, don't forget about the last episode, first of all, because that happened. But then it kind of applies to the game. Like, a little is okay. But don't get greedy. Don't do it in excess. I feel like they were saying that, too, because I, I, Rachel and I talked about this earlier, too. I've had several different takes on it. But when he hangs the suit, that hideous, hideous <laughs> shirt and tie <laughs> back up at the end, I think that's what he maybe that's what he's doing. You know, a little bit of Saul is OK, but a lot I can't. So let me you know, I'm going to hang Saul up here on the on the rack and only use him when I need him. Is he hanging up Saul forever? I don't need this anymore. Or is he just saying I can be Saul on the inside, but not on the outside? Or is he like saying I can go full Saul now? I just don't need the, the suit. Or is it like I just said, is he saying a little bit of Saul is okay, but a lot is too much because that's where shit starts to go wrong. It's almost yeah. like, and this is really morbid, but I just really love true crime. So sorry. <laughs> But it's almost like, you know how a serial killer like lives off of, well, no, they'll like live off of a kill for like months, right? Like someone who's really strategic, they'll like, they'll kill someone and then they'll live and relive that in their head over and over again. That's why they take a trophy usually. And so they'll, they'll live off of that for a while. And it was like seeing Gene after the hustle, how happy he was and like right i'm sorry but no one's happy enough to miss their break (laughs) okay one well he did things so orderly too as gene too it was routine 
my biggest just, complaint about that was you don't leave your shit uniced and just go to break. Like, finish the fucking job you're working on. He's I'm like, so bad. Like, no, no, no. Like, have some compulsive shit going on here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Fish, at least finish frosting. Yeah, I know that chick went back. Finish to frosting. Over. Over. I guess I'll finish this for you. But I thought I thought that was kind of cool because there he's so in tune with like the people around him now. Like he's finally like having relationships that she's like, yeah, of course I'll take over. Like there's not even a word. I kind of like that. He's saying hi to the cleaning guy and Frank and, <laughs> and all these people. And they're saying, good night, Gene. Good night. Good night, ladies. And says, oh, thank you. Oh, thanks for reminding me. You know, whatever. You know what I mean? It's so cool. Serial killer. <laughs> anyway. <Yeah. laughs> anyway, um, it just it reminded me of that. Like he was going to live off of this for a while. Like mm-hmm. he could live in that in between like. I got away with it and I can live off of this for a little bit and I don't have to go all in. That's what it made me think of. Mm. I wonder if also, do you think there's a part of him? Cause he not only uses Saul, but he uses Jimmy, like his kind of slip in Jimmy antics and cons and et cetera too. So he's using every, and he uses, we established he's using Mike too. I think he's <laughs> slip using in all, Jeffy. Slip in Jeffy. So he's <laughs> yep. using all of these things, but I also wonder in the back of his mind, because it's very easy to say that Saul, oh, he's going to go back to his old ways, et cetera, et cetera. But we're in like uncharted territory here. And part of me also thinks that he he's kind of like the alcoholic that flirts with drinking. There's a part of him knows because you hear it in his breath throughout this entire episode. He picks up the, the shirt and tie, even at the end when he feels relieved and his breathing is different. But he picks up the, the shirt and tie and his breathing is almost like it's almost not painful, but it's kind of like there's a, a shudder to it. Oh, you know, but. As if it's, there's some, there's like weight behind it and it feels good, but it also feels like, oh, this is dangerous. <laughs> but then he decides to put it down. And I also want, so I wonder if like, just like an alcoholic, he just kind of thinks I got to stay away from this. A little is like Eladia, a little is good, but I know better. And maybe he has that memory of Howard getting shot and, and, and all that stuff too behind mm-hmm. it. Even, even with the whole better uh, breaking bad era, that there's something guess- to that. That kind of relates back to the ring, right? The pinky ring. Yeah. Because he puts it on and that's like, that's a, a little pinky. part of Saul. Because he gets that from Mark, Marcus? Marco? Marco. 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 Okay. Who is that? So Sorry. Remind the. He gets it from Marco. Marco. Marco was the guy that he runs the scams with in the bar. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. His Chicago so, friend. And Marco dies and then yeah. he gets the pinky ring. His best scammer friend. Yeah. 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 See, yeah. that's okay. Another Jimmy McGill reference. There was an interesting parallel between um, Marco and Kim also, because uh, in the last episode, when Kim says, I've had the time of my life with you, that is echoing a line that Marco said to him right before he died. This has been Mm. the best week of my life. Wow. Oh, Oh. and then they leave him in the end. Oh, no. All the really important people in his life. He brings that up, doesn't he? In the my brother, you know, he's he's faking. He's fake trying to keep frank's attention on him instead of looking at the screens but he's like my parents are dead and my brother all the brothers he had it's almost like he's gonna say that he wanted to confide in him that he committed suicide he's not just dead he chose to leave i think it was more that the realization hit jimmy that chuck was dead and that jimmy jimmy while he's saying this is realizing how absolutely fucking alone he is yeah which may be another reason that he decides to hang the shirt and tie back up at the end of the episode yeah. because he's he this this is what this has cost me it cost me my brother it cost me my friend it cost me my wife right yeah so maybe i do need yeah. to just hang this up that's sort of what i said last night 
it got me out of this spot now, but I think I'm, I'm done with this for now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That is something I mentioned last night that you definitely hammered on way better. And the addition of the Marco, which whom I completely like mind erased. <laughs> so thank you for that. God, so many, he had, I mean, I would even consider that Howard was kind of like his, like I've said, he's, he's like the, the his, like his negative, his, like a twin brother negative. There are two halves of a black and white cookie. He and Howard, Jimmy and Howard. Think of all the brothers that Jimmy's had on the show. He had his little brother who could never accept him. Wouldn't even give him a chance, which is maybe why he kept running his scams and trying to do what he, you know, to, to be the lawyer in spite of his brother, which ended up making him a success. Then he has Howard, who's like this, the white in a black and white cookie that is like a negative of Jimmy. Like he had the good head start and he made something of himself, not like Jimmy. And then you have like his, the brother he chose, Marco, which makes sense. That long pause when he says brother, like I have all these brothers, the rivalry, the best friend I chose and the one who rejected me. So I was like, that's hard shit right there. Yeah. Um, Sharon D, did you catch the name of the song that plays when they start like kind of working on running a scam? Yes, I did. I saw I saw it, but I didn't write it down. Okay, was it called I, like I Jim is on the run or something? Yes, it's called Jim yeah. is on it's called Jim is yes. on the yeah. move. When I saw it, I was like, yeah. Oh, that's like it's Jimmy, and he's like on the move again with like another con it was just like really fitting oh this is a layered reference lady do you know why (laughs) it is composed by lalo schifrin oh wait it gets it gets better it gets better it's from the mission impossible television show boom Hmm. (laughs) so the insider podcast today verified that lalo was named after lalo schifrin get 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 out of Stop. here that is <laughs> that wow. is crazy that is like a priester egg ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> and they revealed it in song <laughs> so if we're gonna talk about the montage i want to know the similarities between that montage and the yeah. one from season 207 inflatable with the inflatable wacky waving arm guy <laughs> montage where jimmy has all the suits all the suits that he's changing colors and everything, they were very similar to each other in the way that they were cut with the split screens and, and all that. And I just thought that was really cool. And on the Insider today, they said that there will be, that's not the last montage, but it's close to the last montage of the series. Mm. Well, I mean, there's only three episodes left, so anything's going to be close oh. to the last one. And very Mission impossible <laughs> too, if you think about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to, it was like to how it was all thong, cut together. Song. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and the fact that it was like a, yeah, like that jazzy, yeah. Anyway, whatever. I tried to enjoy the montage a lot more during the second watch, but I was still distracted by all the chewing and the slapping and the bleh. I'm sorry I put that in your head last night. <laughs> it was so gross. And all the close-ups so... of his mouth, like, ugh. No, thank you. Know, you. I, I was talking to Linda about that today because I was asking her if she wanted to be on the, to, to actually be on the full episode breakdown. Oh, Yeah. And she had said something to the effect of this makes me really want a Cinnabon. And I responded. I said, I'm not sure because, yes, it's Cinnabon. And I'm like into that. But then I, then after all the chewing, I'm like, it's kind of like a version therapy. It's like, I don't know if I ever want Cinnabon ever again now. He may have ruined that, yeah. them for me, which is like, I don't know how to feel about that. Probably my body is like, thank God this bitch don't need another Cinnabon. Yeah. <laughs> but my mind is like, no, I love like, them. Wh- it's like watching Don't a zombie smoke. You know, it's like, 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 I don't know if this is right for me. 
<laughs> for anybody who was worried about Jim O'Hare eating like 900 fucking Cinnabons. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> they said on the podcast that he ended up spitting most of them out. Oh, thank God. Oh, you'd have to. <laughs> yeah. You can't yeah. eat that many. It's not okay for you. <laughs> I mean, you're no, no. dying. No. You just throw all of them up. Whatever. <laughs> like I said, like legitimately one Cinnabon is like your caloric intake for an entire day. Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like just, 1500 yeah, calories. Just one. Yeah. Or 1200, something like that. My fear last night was that um, Jimmy's unintended consequence of this scam was going to be giving, <laughs> giving Frank a heart attack or something while he was at work and eating. So, however, however. Okay. okay. So after, after rewatching, they're talking about football. Well, football games are not like basketball and baseball where they play four or five games a week. Like football is one game a week. So this is something that went on over several weeks. This isn't like he wasn't going there every night and taking them to Cinnabon. It was like every two or three nights, maybe. Good good to note. So we weren't killing Frank, essentially. <laughs> right, Even though right. like, okay, did when you saw this, did didn't you all want it want Jimmy or Gene or whatever to just go Hey, you can, first of all, if you slow down, my scam can run a little longer, but Hey, if you can slow down, you, you might not choke on it. So <laughs> <laughs> who eats, who eats a Cinnabon with a knife and fork? Oh, smart person. <laughs> I'm going to say right I now. Mean, it just messy. reminds me of that episode of so Seinfeld messy. where uh, George starts eating his Snickers bar with the knife and fork and then like he sees everyone doing it. Like all of a sudden, like everybody's doing it. All of a sudden, not so, so special. <laughs> <laughs> I just always use a fork and then just use the side of the fork to cut it. Oh, well, like a, yeah, like a pancake. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Good luck. Is not necessary. Sense. Good luck. <laughs> it's not always that easy. Here's an interesting timing tidbit for you. While they're talking football, they mentioned the Huskers player Martinez, who had 484 yards, which was a freshman record. In November of 2010, the Huskers had a player named Martinez who had 484 yards instead of freshman running record. Oh. So Saul was disappeared in May of 2010. So he has been in Omaha for approximately six months. <laughs> and already is like running a scam. <laughs> Walter died in September of 2010. So this is set at least two months after Walter, Walter is dead. Mm. Wow. Dang. How's that for a timeline? Boom. Bitches. There you go. We are in 2010 right now. Peter Gold verified that they are in the middle of 2007 when we ended last episode. Oh, so not what we thought, right? Or am I wrong? Okay. Saul's license tag says 2005, but I'm going to go with what the executive producer creator of the show Mm. says. And he says mid 2007. (laughs) So, well, he's also kind of a criminal. So like, yeah. Who cares? Like, maybe he just right. didn't get it renewed. <laughs> Ooh. But yeah. Oh, like me. But let's keep going. <laughs> After Jimmy start, he does the montage and all that. And um, the next thing we see is him pacing out the store in the mall, looking at the price tags and counting the steps and all that. On the Insider, they said today that the mall, the store was not real. Mm. They were They were in the mall. But it was an empty space in the mall that they had to build the store in. Oh, cool. It was not an existing store. It was really funny because Vince Gilligan was like, 
well, you know, we were like, yeah, we'll put it in the mall. They love us here. They'll let us film in their department store, no problem. And he was like, but nobody would let us film in their department store. <laughs> so, they don't love so you that much. He uh... <laughs> was like, well, after they read, after they saw what was happening, how we were like, you know, ripping the store off, they weren't too happy to have us film in there for obvious reasons. But it was filmed in the mall. It was just a store that they had to build from scratch inside the mall. So like all the details, all the ones with fuck everything had price tags on it and all the pop wear and all that. Yeah. It was all brought it was in, all right. made up and created just right. for show. Very fascinating. Another little parallel I noticed is um in the episode where we see Je- Kim's flashback, she is stealing from a department mm-hmm. store. Mm-hmm. And here in our flash forward, we have Jean stealing from a department store. It's a little more than thirty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> just but... a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> well we'll let it go this time though. Yeah. Well, you know, I have to say something about that because it occurred to me that Jimmy spoke nothing of getting a cut and no cut was established of the goods that were stolen. And that is very interesting because I think like we all understand, it's like he's doing it to get that. First of all, he's getting it to shut this kid up and and give him razzle dazzle him. But then he's also doing it because it's like, this is enough for me. This satisfaction is enough for me. And I thought that was, like you said, it's like a little is good, but, you know, you got to put the shirt and tie down. I initially thought that that was why they got three items was like so that they could split it three ways. That was my initial thought. Right, right. Oh. But then. That was before they like met in the garage or whatever. But then, right. But then no cut was spoken of, right? So Mm -hmm. interesting. Last night you were talking about the series of three. The three items, Mm -hmm. three minutes. Also, Jimmy uh, Saul says that these cameras are reset every 72 hours, which is also three days. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's his nice. third yeah. personality. I, True. <laughs> third personality. Bridget blew up the world just now. <laughs> <laughs> I see them everywhere. <laughs> but right, the expression is good things come in threes, right? Uh, bad things happen Actually, in threes. Yeah, bad bad things, things usually bad come things in, happen in threes. Um, okay. Like celebrity deaths <laughs> yeah. happen in threes. Mm. Right. Yeah. They always happen in threes. Jesus died in 33. Frank turning his plate also reminded me of Howard turning his hand. Mm. Oh. Frank turned oh, his plate. How, how Chuck used to. Thinking it's going to go his way. <laughs> the turning theme. <laughs> yeah. I'm panicking now. <laughs> is, is Frank going to be the one to bust yeah, him? Yeah, I know. <laughs> three episodes left and we're all terrified. Frank, Nick, and Gene? That's three. Anyway. <laughs> In the episode 401, when the when the kid was stealing the games, because you you got to remember the openers for 401, 501, and this episode were not, you know, maybe a, a span of two or three days at the most. So in 401, when the kid is stealing the games and Jimmy points out, he does it because he's so scared of the security guys, right? Because he's, he's worried the security guys are going to get on him or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when he goes to turn, to do the scam, he is not worried about them at all. He is on it. He goes right up to the door and knocks right on it. Hey, I brought you this. I brought you this. There's no fear, no worry. He's not worried at all. And I just I found that really interesting that as soon as he was in scam mode, all of his fear was gone. His fear of getting caught. The fear of the cops, everything. Oh, yeah. Why is that, though? I'm, was, I'm actually kind of curious. He was in his element. I feel like yeah. he was excited to get back into it. Yeah, that's where he gets his confidence. Mm-hmm. He's confident that he can do this. Yeah. And get away with it is the key. Yeah. Because he's been so cautious for so long. But I just, 
Do you think even like like Jeffy even recognizing him makes him feel like that maybe this is all going to catch up with him at some point? So I might as well get the little bit of satisfaction I can get. I don't know. I, I don't, don't think he feels like he's going to get caught. Yeah. I, I don't feel that okay. at all. Like he's been doing everything in his power to not get caught. Mm hmm. Until this opportunity arose and he was like, well, I just have to scam. I think he's tired of running, too. You know, like, that's why he decided not to go with the vacuum cleaner guy. Because so he goes with the vacuum cleaner guy this time and he goes somewhere else. And then what? Right. Well, all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Also, what if he doesn't want to leave because he knows Kim is nearby? Hmm. Interesting. Mm. That'd be extra pressure to not get caught. But then wouldn't this ruin his chances, right? Yeah, but he can't help himself, right? Ah, oh, boy. It's it's now it's now he has to choose between the game, the quote unquote little bit of game that he can play. Well, I mean, I really actually now that we've talked about it, and it came to me. I really think that when he was talking about everything he's lost, I think it was really hitting him. And I think he's like, I lost all of this because this is what I was doing. And, you know, even Chuck said it. You hurt everyone. You know, you don't mean to, but that's what you always do. And it's because of the shit you do. Mm hmm. As he was doing the scam, it came to him like, this is what I've done to myself. This is why I don't have Kim and why I don't have a brother and why I don't have. Well, I'm not his parents so much, but but this is why I'm alone. Right. But that was a factor mm. in the beginning when they were kind of flashing back to Kim. Oh, sorry, Jim. Jimmy as a as a youth talking about what, his father dying or something like that because he had a store. I think it was so his dad had a corner right. store and Chuck was telling the story to Kim that um, one summer he came home from college to straighten out his dad's books and fourteen thousand dollars was just gone over the years and he thought it was right. jimmy part of it was because jimmy was doing it but the other part was his dad was just handing money out to people right. too but chuck never saw it that way it was always jimmy jimmy was the one that did it so when his dad's store went under and then his dad died like six months later just kind of a broken heart of losing his store it wasn't anything sinister or anything like that chuck attributed it to jimmy because jimmy was the the one who was taking all of the right. money. But in reality, his dad was a terrible businessman and fucking gave money to everybody who walked through the door that had a sob story. <laughs> oh my God, just like the Kettleman's in a way. Jimmy was more than happy to kind of give him a little money to kind of smooth things, smooth their ride over because oh, of all yeah. their troubles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> wow, we plugged in that, that hole. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> hmm, I wonder if we'll see more of that attitude going moving forward. I, but Because he, he kind of does that with Jeff, Jeffy. Sorry, say it right, Dave, because he didn't have to do it that way. He could have gotten rid of this kid by burying him and moving on and t calling the vacuum cleaner guy and getting this kid in jail or whatever. Something to think about. Hmm. His affinity for the elderly survives even Gene. <laughs> it's really yeah. great. Old folks. What they is love it, him. though? Yeah, they As do. Said, Damn. Fucking old people love me, too. I mean, it's just because I'm good at bullshitting with them. I can I know how to talk to them. Mm -hmm. Old people tend to be so, like, neglected and overlooked. They're just looking for someone to mm -hmm. engage them on a normal human level. And that's so rare. Exactly. And Jimmy that it's, was neglected That's why they're so overlooked. easy to take advantage of. <sighs> because they're mm -hmm. just looking for connection. And anybody who's willing to even remotely give them a connection is able to like scam them out of stuff. The customers at work and the older folks, when I make eye contact and talk to them, that is like the greatest thing in the world to them. If you're not 18 to what, 18 to 45, you don't exist in this world. Mm. Like let's say they're outlived their spouse. They're at home alone. Their family doesn't check in on them like they used to. There's so many things that lead to the elderly feeling so disengaged that any engagement from anyone immediately endears that person to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's like one of Jimmy's mini highs. Mm -hmm. 
right? Like you're, t- you're talking about the scamming, like holding him over for a while. And like, maybe this is just one of those things where, cause you, as you were saying it, I was saying, oh, Jimmy feels neglected. And I forget the exact wording, but you said ne- neglected and like ne- neglected by his brother. He's the overlooked. Pe- the people I mean, that matter the most. Look at, look at his interactions, like in the Cinnabon, he's completely overlooked as the person that he truly is, that we know that he is, how capable and how like secure in himself, like all of that stuff, all that stuff is overlooked right now. Out of necessity, but yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe that's everybody. Maybe everybody has a, has an inner Saul Goodman slash Jimmy McGill inside of them that's overlooked. Everybody has that value. And yet, Mm -hmm. you know, we all kind of just get on to get on. That's why this family is so important to me because you guys saw the inner value in me and you showed it. And that is why I'm the person I am now. So it's true. Damn right. (laughs) Well, I think you're beautiful outside too, Sharon. Yeah. I just want you to know that. I think you're all beautiful and I love you too. But I mean, I was being serious. You people recognize that there was something in me and that changed my life. So I can see how that works. Well, you made it easy. (laughs) <laughs> just take yeah. our love damn it let us love you, Just you, love you. let us love you you love me we love each other okay oh. so i have a couple more quick just little quick things from the insider podcast that i thought were very interesting in real time when jeff runs his mall run it actually took 11 to 12 minutes yeah yikes <laughs> i was thinking to myself there's no way <laughs> is that including when he slipped and fell and passed out no 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 no, no. i was in the practice runs it's just like that was, that he was just kept minutes. going back like i was like oh my god how many more levels of this are there right and he can only carry so much so he has to go back and forth and like i'm like oh, how's, how's this I possible love the rhyme though amazing oh, those were funny right. mnemonic devices <laughs> One of the ideas they had for the scam, because of course they had to discuss it in the writer's room and come up with this idea and everything. But one of the first ideas they had for the scam was uh, Jeffy in a fake ATM. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Which is a callback to Breaking Bad yep. with Spooge and the skank uh-huh. and the little kid yep. and Jesse. Yep. yep. Thank oh God that didn't happen. oh my god when dean makes jeffy and his friend buddy say wait his um, his name is buddy say it you know his name is buddy (laughs) okay um oh wow yeah good to know he's like i need to hear you say it i was saying that was mike it was also a reversal of jeff saying that to him in 501 yeah when he was like i need you to say it you need to say it do the point so he turned that around yeah Right, Ooh, the point. yeah. That was also a turnaround. Dang. Wow. Now he knows. And knowing is half the battle. And that's all I got. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. One more very oh, important now thing. Now she's Dave. The Walter okay. reference. Oh, yes. The Walter, the yeah. Walter well, reference. We mentioned that last night, but is there anything more that you have to add? The, the 50, no, no. The 50-year-old who amassed a pile of cash the size of a Volkswagen. We know that because Kubi and Huel were laying on it. <laughs> oh my God, I'm remembering that scene now. It's like a Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> uh. He's like, I've always wanted to do this. <laughs> I'm still hoping we get we get QB back. He was supposed to be in the episode. A Better Call Saul episode? 
he was supposed to be in a Better Call Saul episode, the one where they hired Mr. X <gasps> to investigate Kevin Wachtel. So Bill Burr was supposed to be, that was supposed to be Shit. Bill Burr. But the week that they were filming, his best friend passed away and oh. he couldn't do it. Oh. So they got Stephen Ogg to fill it in instead. But that was supposed to be Bill Burr. Okay. Stephen Ogg did amazing, though. It, and how odd well, it is. They yeah, great Mr. Choice, X. Yeah. Great choice. We love him. Mr. X. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, let's yeah. just call him Mr. X. Like, okay, we can't call the other guy. So let's call him Mr. X. Like, no name, Steve and I. He's like, yeah, let's roll with it. <laughs> I loved, I loved his scene with Mike in season two, when when they were doing the, when they met up to do the protection job, and he just kept fucking with Mike, and Mike just took him out in like right. two seconds. So good. <laughs> I love it when he plays characters like that. <laughs> well, I just love that they brought him on for just that. Like, I was like. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. He was in Westworld yep. too. He played he played Rebus in Westworld and he was literally in like the three milk, episodes. The milk of, dude, of the milk drinking dude. Yep, the yeah. milk guy. Check out his yeah. role in Broad City though. The locksmith, I think I think it is. Ugh. We mentioned it in early oh. Squawking Dead, oh, by the way. Oh my god. I forgot that too. I forgot that. We mentioned it in our season eight coverage a long, long time ago. He'll just always and forever be Trevor to me. Uh from GTA. <laughs> from GTA five. Yeah. The only other thing I have to say about this episode is I did mention this last night, but this is only the second episode that does not have Kim Wexler in it. Mm-hmm. And if you watch, go back and watch mm-hmm. the credits. Nobody's names are in credits. Nobody's oh, shit. name are in the credits, except for Bob Odenkirk and the people in this. Oh episode. shit! Oh, oh, I see. So, yeah, so now I was um... watching to see if uh, Michael Mando was still in it because because <laughs> exactly Rachel always freaks out. I was, I do. yeah, and I didn't see it, so I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> I didn't see Michael Mando in the last episode either. Credits. Kim was not in 10650, the story of Mike and his mm-hmm. son, and she is not in this episode. She's in episode 102, but it's like three seconds of her looking, turning and looking at the camera and waving at Jimmy, and that's <laughs> it. That's all she's in it. But she yeah. is technically yeah. in it. But yeah, this is only the second episode wow. that she's not in. Wow. She's depressing because, much like John and June, were the reason I got into Fear the Walking Dead, Kim and Jimmy's love story, because I'm a sucker for the love story, is what sucked me of the show. And now both of my love stories have been destroyed. And destroyed <laughs> I just want to make it known that my life is in shambles, and that's, uh, yes. that's all she wrote. <laughs> Someone quick! Both of Write my love her another love story show, please! <laughs> oh, yeah, and the interview with the Vampire series is coming up, so uh, never mind. Yes, the love by story the, everyone uh, didn't want. <laughs> by the producers of Breaking, of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. So, just so you know, I'm okay. I've got I've got um, the deep and his octopus to hold me. What's her name? Part again? two. Ambrosia. Ambrosia. What a fucking name for what an octopus. Name. What Smelling a name. Sweet. <laughs> Are you guys looking forward to interview with a vampire? I'm not sure how you feel about it right now. I'm getting psyched actually. Re- I didn't even like the original. Oh, movie. This is supposed loved to, the original. This is supposed to be closer to the book, is right. what I'm getting from it. Mm. There, it's also, I think, a continuation, by the way. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. If I'm not mistaken. Okay, maybe I, I, I would be into hmm. it then. I heard that from uh, Sarah Beth Pollock. Because she's, she's I just really was surprised when the ads came out. I was like, did anybody want <laughs> this? The movie did, was like perfect, right? Didn't we, didn't we do this for agree- this? We're all in agreement that like Brad Pitt was like great in that movie. Yeah. Like, it's the that was the who, movie. Who, 
who asked for this? Uh, it's, you know, it's like a lot of things. Like, I didn't think Titanic was going to be, you know, like, what we all know the ship goes down. But then I was like, <gasps> I changed my mind. This is beautiful. I so, thought you were going to say I didn't think I was going to like Titanic 2. And then I saw it. it was, was there a Titanic 2? Yes. Was there a second it's, one? It's made by the Asylum, if that just tells oh, you Oh, well, anything. that doesn't really do give me the feels and the, and the cockles of my heart. But uh, there you go. What do you mean you don't love asylum movies? Just gonna keep quiet. <laughs> just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> is this Dead by the pilots. same? This is by the same people that do Z Nation, right? Asylum. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Z Nation nice. was perfection, though. So yeah, that? loved it. It it, it, it it had its moments in the sun. I'll say that it much. Was, it was good for what it was. Binge yeah, the shit it's exactly what thing. I needed it to be, which is just like campy and bad. And well, I liked speak, it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So the teaser for the next episode, I think we mentioned a bit of it last night, was a car at a crossroads. And what he says exactly is, I get it. You get over it, okay? Please believe me. Before you know it, you'll forget all about it. Go. And I'm just wondering who he's talking to. Reminded me a lot of the whole one day before you know it, you'll wake up. Yeah. And you won't have even Mm -hmm. even thought about it. That's what it really reminded me of. We'll brush our teeth. I'm just going to go with my default and say it's Kim. Everything is Kim. I I did. I wanted to say that too. And not just because we're missing Kim, but like, I feel like the inflection he used in his voice was softer the way he would talk to her. Mm. Well, the last one was the the teaser we had where it's like after all this a happy ending, and that was him talking about his fucking fake dog. <laughs> so you can't really put a whole lot of stock in what he's saying right. in the teaser. True. I mean, it would it would piss me off. It was if it was Jeffy, but via the tone of his voice, I kind of might want to see that because if he's actually feeling something for this kid, like feeling like he gave him the taste of the game, and he has to kind of actually genuinely connect with this kid and talk him down, I might be into that. My bet is it's Jesse. Fuck off. Jesse Pinkman? Not not Ooh. Jeffy Orangeman? It's Jesse. <laughs> Jesse Get Pinkman. the fuck out of here. No, you mean Jeffy Peachman. <laughs> He's just changing colors. Blooming, Orangeman, Peachman. Yeah, you nailed it though. That Peachman. Yeah. I'm saying it's I'm saying it's Jesse because he's telling Jesse to get the fuck away from Walt. Forget about killing Gail and get the fuck away from Walt. Oh, so there's like a little lag time between that and El Camino? Or rather, um, oh, you're saying in a flashback to Breaking Bad. Well, Dish, flash, yeah, well, from where we are. A flash middle. <laughs> a flash middle. A flash middle. I'm starting to wonder if the appearance of Walt in the show will be Gene going to Walt's funeral. Hmm. I don't think he he can't because he's in. Oh yeah, it already happened. It was it was okay, two months ago. It was ago, like basically I'm wondering because, if they're gonna end up yeah. going like back a little or if it's just forward. No, what I'm what I'm wondering is if okay, so so in Breaking Bad, all we have of Saul Goodman is the sleazy side, right? That's that's mm-hmm. all we get of him. We don't get anything else. So what I'm thinking maybe is it's Jesse, and it's right after they kill Gail, and Jesse's all fucking wigged out. And maybe this is Jimmy McGill coming through just a little bit to Jesse because we're seeing Saul's side, not fucking Walt's side. Maybe this is Saul being like, you need to get the fuck away from here before you die. Or you Mm. you get, you know, you'll forget about killing Gail, but get the fuck Mm. out of here. Interesting. Then it would make Mm. sense that it mirrors what he said to Kim about Howard Mm -hmm, dying. mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. That's I, I could accept that, too. Yeah. Definitely. And we'll all be wrong next week. <laughs> Join I, us I, as we're wrong. 
<laughs> They'll be talking about the fucking esteem or something. <laughs> oh, it's the esteem at the crossroads. Run esteem. Be, be free esteem. Guys, the car at the crossroads is the esteem. Oh, that's that's gotta be it. Right, so maybe it's a go. flash flashback. We're going way back. Way back. Oh my god, it's the goldfish. <laughs> be free, goldfish. Oh. Run away. Yeah. You'll forget about seeing Howard's brain splattered all over your tank. And it did, because they have like a three-second memory. That's right. Be a goldfish. <laughs> be, a goldfish. Be, a gold, be a goldfish. And with that, everybody, <laughs> forget this podcast. <laughs> so if you like what you heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Five stars and an eggplant is all we need to know that you love us. But if you want to tell us what you liked... Tell us what you didn't like. Just remember to tell us after every episode. And if you really like what we're doing and you want to be in the chat forming the way this conversation takes place with your insights, well, why don't you create a free account on ko-fi.com and follow us at ko-fi.com slash dead. It's the only place where we post our recording sessions. We don't post this info on social media. And if you feel like it, but you don't have to buy us a coffee for 30 days of support of that content or join a membership tier for as little as a dollar you'll get access to our unedited episode recordings for the times you can't make the recordings as well as a whole host of baseline perks at the dollar level and the upper levels get some interesting little extra perks for their support of this wonderful podcast and this gaggle of goons <laughs> and girls <laughs> i guess i guess the one goon is me but <laughs> i've been your host david Camion, and you were joined by sharon the aka blazy gardener Cosmo Mom 9 Rachel Burt, and Bridget. KO-FI.com slash Punky Brewster. That's P-O-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. Buongiorno, ladies. Or Arrivederci, ladies. <laughs> it's no, showtime. It's, showtime's over. it's bedtime. It's bedtime. Exactly. <laughs> Dumbest after dark. Because it's over. Good night, Jim. Good night, Tim Wexler. Good night, Mike. <laughs> Are you there, guys? It's me, Jimmy. <laughs> How do we get oh on to gosh. Judy Blue? <laughs> Good night, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Are you going to talk about your period nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> what an outro. <laughs> Fade to black. <laughs> Gears. <sighs> Great. Are you out there? Are you out there, Kimmy? It's me, Jimmy. Oh, my God. Thank you for making it to the end of another episode of Better Squawk Saul, our coverage of Better Call Saul's sixth and final season. I've been your host, David Cameo, and I was joined by Cosmom09 Rachel Burt, Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardner, and Survivors Tier member Bridget. Kofi.com slash Punky Brewster. That's ko-fi.com slash P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. If you like what you heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawking dead. Leave us five stars and eggplant to let us know that you love us, but we're gonna need a little bit more than that from you guys because Better Call Saul that's a new thing for us we 
want to know what you liked, what you didn't like, whether we should just stick to the Walking Dead universe, or if you want much more of this to come, use it as a means to communicate your desires after every episode. And if you leave your social media accounts, we will tag you when we post this review on social media. And if you really, really want to be involved in how these episodes shape out, you want to support the podcast, all you need to do is create a free account on ko-fi.com and follow us at ko-fi.com slash dead. You don't have to buy us a coffee for 30 days of supported back content, which includes the ability to download our unedited episode recordings or stream them. You don't have to join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month, which includes Discord access, as well as a whole host of baseline perks. All you gotta do is follow us. It lets you know when we record, when we drop our unedited episode recordings, and when we think of a new idea that we want your feedback on. It's the only place we post these things. We don't post these things on social media. And speaking of membership tiers, we'd like to thank both our survivors and whispers tier members in that order. Among them include, of course, Bridget. Kofi.com slash Punky Brewster. That's ko-fi.com slash P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R who joined in these episode breakdowns as well as at Jones 71 on Instagram and at JonesAJ6 on Twitter. Jasmine at Jasmine.IAC on Instagram. And of course, FanArtLindy. Ko-fi.com slash FanArtLindy. And let's not forget our Whispers tier members who include, of course, at Aiden underscore at underscore on Instagram and at Aiden the Raven on Twitter, at RitasFan2 on Instagram and Twitter, at J13Voorhees on Instagram and Twitter, at Sandy.D.Morrison on Facebook, at FrostedAngel67 on Twitter, at TylerPhilipCox on Instagram and Twitter, and of course, at Judith.Morton on Instagram. I'd like to thank you very much for making it to the very end of this podcast and for always listening to Squawking Dead. We hope you're enjoying this and we'll see you in the next one.